welcome to the ministries of the Bohomi Baptist Church, where we worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness, fair before Him in all the earth. And the pastor is Reverend Nelson. Be blessed by the sermon that you're about to hear. Praise the glory, the honor. And it's all right to sing out our souls to Him. Amen. It's all right. Amen. To, to, to just uh, pour out praises, pour it out on Him because He is indeed a wonderful and an awesome God. He's done so, so much for us. Amen. Amen. This morning I invite you again to take your Bibles and turn with me to the Gospel according to St. John, the 14th chapter. And that same portion that we have read week after week for the past several weeks, we're going to read it one more time this morning. Amen. Let not your heart be troubled, you believe in God, believe also in me. John chapter 14. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am there you may be also. And whither I go, you know, and the way you know. Thomas said unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If you had known me, you should have known my father also. And from henceforth you know him and have seen him. Amen. Amen. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you again and we praise you for this wonderful opportunity, O oh God, to be in your presence one more time to give you praise, to give you honor, to give you glory. And Father, even as we open your word at this moment, we pray, O oh God, that you would use your word today to speak to our hearts. And I pray that you would give us all receptive hearts so we all would receive from you today. Help us, O oh God, not only to be hearers of your word, but to be doers also. Bless us, we pray today. Move by your spirit. Move in our hearts, in our lives today as we commit everything to you. In the mighty name of Jesus the Christ, we pray. Use me today, Lord, as your instrument to minister grace to the hearts of your people. And I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. Amen. Today's message is entitled, Finding Jesus, Who is the Way. In this series, we see Jesus as the way to many, many blessings. Indeed, he is the source of every spiritual blessing that God our Father has to offer. In Ephesians 1 verse 3, Paul says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Hmm. But how can we be sure that we have found the true Jesus and that we are truly his disciples? Jesus made it clear that simply believing in him does not constitute true discipleship. We find this in John chapter 8 verse 31 and the Bible says, Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. And Jesus continued by saying, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. But how can we be sure that we are actually following this true Jesus? Because we have heard a lot of people talk about Jesus but the one that they present is one that offer multiple choice. And that is not the Jesus that we serve. Can somebody say amen? He does not offer any multiple choice. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man enters to the Father but by me. And so how can we be sure? For us to be sure, we must begin with the only source, the only source, the only reliable source that really tells us who this Jesus is. And that source is the Bible. Mm. Surprising as it may be to some of us, a good place to start in searching for this Jesus is the Old Testament. Oh, Lord. Though the Old, the Old Testament was completed thousands of years before Jesus was born. The Old Testament contains many, many things about him. And Jesus made this point on several occasions during his earthly ministry. One notable one that comes to mind is 
that on the day of his resurrection, two men were traveling from Jerusalem to Emmaus. They were walking and they were reasoning among uh, with themselves. And Jesus drew nigh. Jesus just joined the group. And he asked them, he said, why are you so sad as you reason among yourselves? And then they turned to him and said, are you a stranger in Jerusalem not knowing what happened? Not knowing the things that happened and Jesus just probed them a little further and said, what things? And they said, concerning Jesus of Nazareth, this, this holy man, this good man, the man that did great wonders, how the chief priests and scribes turned him over to be crucified. And then they said, but today was the third day. And some women went to the tomb and came back with some strange news telling us that this Jesus is not there. And then they start talking, you know, all the stories relating to his resurrection. And then Jesus said to them, you're slow of heart to believe. And then the Bible says, and beginning with Moses. Beginning with Moses, Jesus taught them, amen, the things he expounded the scripture, the things concerning himself, not only as it's written by Moses, but in the prophets, amen. Then later on, the Bible tells us also that the apostles themselves, that Jesus showed up with them in their midst. And he said to them, these are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all these things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. And the Bible says, and he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scripture then he said to them, thus it is written. And thus it is necessary for Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. And that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. So repentance and remission of sin, forgiveness of sin is to be preached in Jesus' name. Amen. Not only back then, but now. Why? Because as human beings, we are sinful. And so repentance is required, not just when we come to Christ, repent of our sins and are saved. But repentance is something that continues for us. Can I get an amen in the house? Amen. That as we journey through life and the difficulties, the, the challenges of life come our way. Sometimes we, 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 we allow things to log on to.
to us, if I may say it that way, that do not belong to be there. And as we go through life, we have to constantly confess our sins, repent of our sins. Amen. Because sometimes even the very environment that we find ourselves in can cause us to sin. Oh Lord. The things that we see sometimes can cause us to sin. And so we need, amen, to repent. And repentance, the Bible says, and remission of sins should be preached in Jesus' name. Only in that name. There is no other name but the name of Jesus Christ. And the songwriter said, what a, what a beautiful name it is. Oh, how, how that song blessed me this morning. What a powerful name it is. What a wonderful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ. Remission, repentance, and remission of sins are to be preached in that name. The name that is above every other name. Years later, the Apostle Paul reminded the young evangelist Timothy of the value of Old Testament scripture in making one wise concerning salvation. He said, but you must continue in the things which you have learned and have been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them. And that from your childhood, you have known the Holy Scripture, Scriptures which are able to make you wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. The Second Timothy 3, 14 and 15. But how can this be? From the Old Testament, we see through the eyes of prophecy. For example, the prophet Isaiah talks about Jesus' birth. He says in chapter 7, verse 14, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel meaning God with us. Isaiah, the prophet, talks also about the suffering of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. He said in chapter 53, verses 4 through 6, Surely he has borne our grief and carried our sorrows Yet we esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord had laid on him the iniquity 
of us all. Here is the prophet Isaiah prophesying thousands of years before Christ came that he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and by his stripes we are healed. Not only, not only did Isaiah talk about his birth, not only did Isaiah talk about his suffering, but Isaiah talked also about his sovereignty. For he says in chapter 9, 6, and 7, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Isaiah said of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from this time forward, even forevermore. Then Isaiah says, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Hallelujah. There are many other prophecies that we find in Scripture that talks about Jesus. As a matter of fact, he said that there are somewhere around 330 prophetic references made in the Old Testament concerning Jesus. So we should read the Old Testament in our effort to find the true Jesus. The true Jesus. As we look through the Old Testament, I remember a gentleman uh, some time ago, he does not believe in Jesus. He believes in the you know, the Old Testament uh, Bible, he does believe in the New Testament because it talks about Jesus. So he asked me if I could get him a copy with only the Old Testament. But even with a copy with just the Old Testament, Jesus is still there. Jesus is still there. Amen. Jesus is still there. Amen. Even in just the Old Testament. Testament. So we should read it. Not effort to find the true Jesus, but as important as it is in helping us to find the true Jesus. Its purpose was predictive. It was to prepare the people for Jesus, as Paul reminded the Galatian brethren. In chapter 3 of Galatians 24 25, he says, Therefore the law was our tutor to bring us to Christ, that we might be justified by faith. But after faith has come, we are no longer under a tutor. 
Oh, Lord. I wish that somebody whose mind the Seventh-day Adventist is messing with from time to time would hear this. The law was a tutor to lead us to Christ that we might be justified. That's what the word says. But after faith has come, we are no longer under the tutor. Mm -mm. It was a tutor to lead us to Christ in order that we might be justified. But now that we have been justified by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, we are no longer under the tutor. I hope that sink deep down in somebody's spirit. So therefore, to find Jesus more fully, we must come to the gospel. Oh Lord. See, the, the Old Testament prepares us, but to find him more fully, we must come to the gospel. It is here that we find the most complete record of Jesus' life and his teachings while he was here on earth. And by God's divine providence or through his divine providence, we are blessed with four different gospels, each with its different emphasis. Matthew emphasizes the teachings of Jesus as it relates to the kingdom of heaven. Mark featured the miracles of Jesus demonstrating his power. Luke underscored the humanity of Jesus without taking away from his divinity. And John talks about the divinity of Jesus without taking away from his humanity. So he is presented to us there as the God-man. Amen. 100% God and 100% man. Mm. All of these gospels serve the same basic purpose to create faith as expressed by the Apostle John in the closing of his book the closing portion he says in chapter 20 30 and 31 and truly Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples which are not written in this book but these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life in his name. Many other things, many other miracles he did that were not written, written in John's gospel or in Matthew or in Mark, but he said these are written so that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that through believing, you might have life in his name. 
So the gospel helps us to see Jesus through the eyes of fulfillment. As they carefully document how he fulfilled Old Testament scriptures, especially Matthew, they all reveal what Jesus actually taught. And therefore, we cannot get a full understanding of who he is unless we see him in the gospel. And when we see Jesus in the gospel, we might even be surprised because some of the things that people say about him and who he is as we read what he says, mm, we realize that they are way off. Because most people who have heard about Jesus believe that when they die they are going to heaven. But as we read the gospel, we find out that this really is not true. This is not what Jesus says. He says in Matthew 7, 13, 14, Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it. Because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life. He says, only a few find it. It's narrow. It's difficult. And there are those who are broadening it. But it's narrow. They are presenting this Jesus that offers multiple choice. So they are broadening the narrow way. They are presenting it to others as if it's a broad way. It's all inclusive, all encompassing, but Jesus said it is narrow. And Jesus also says it's difficult. Can somebody say amen? It's difficult. Some writer asked the question, must I be taken to the sky in a flowery bed of ease while others fight to win the prize and sail through bloody seas? Sometimes, brother, sister, we're going to experience, we're going to encounter some difficulties in this life. Oh, Lord, we're going to encounter some real challenges that cause us, if we are not careful, that we'll have sleepless nights. Am I talking to us? That we are up and even after we have prayed, and we have prayed and we have prayed, but we still cannot see any way out. And sometimes it is so overwhelming, oh Lord Jesus, so overwhelming that it robs us of our sleep. Difficult is the way. And, and that's one of the reasons why I believe that Christians, when things are good, that's the time we need to pray. Talk to me, somebody. 
when things are good, when things are well in our life, that is the time we really need to pray. Store up those prayers. Am I talking to us? For, for the Bible says that God puts them in vials. God stores them up. And so we need to send them up because I am submitting to us that there are times and there will be times in our lives when we really cannot pray. When we really cannot focus to pray. Am I talking to somebody? All that we can say sometimes, Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. We cannot focus to pray as we really would want to. But when we send on those prayers, hallelujah, we have them store up there on our behalf. Am I talking to us today? That's why the Bible says to us that we have to pray without ceasing. We should always send on those prayers when we are happy and things are well. Amen. And, and we are at ease. Can, can I get an amen in the house? That's a time to take some time out when we can really focus on our God. Amen. And we can really talk to him. And we just send on those prayers and just store them up there for us. When the time of need comes, we can draw from them. We say, Lord, have mercy. God knows exactly what we need. Amen. But we have sent on those prayers, the prayers of the saints. The Bible said that he stored them up. Mm. Among those who will be surprised on the day of judgment, the Bible says that many who taught they know and serve Jesus in their lifetime will certainly be disappointed. And that's why it is important for us to know, know this Jesus. Paul said to Timothy, take heed what you have been taught and know who you learn them from. In Matthew 7, 21 through 23, not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Contrary to the simple believism that uh, we hear today and there are people are living and they're living like the devil and they tell you all I need to do is just believe no you have to repent it's not all you have to do is just believe you have to repent as part of the package oh Lord we have to preach repentance that people understand that they have to turn from their sin and turn to righteousness not all you have to do is just believe for the Bible said the devil believe and tremble. So many people all they think about is you know believism. But that's not all that involved in following Jesus. By reading the gospel we learn 
what the real Jesus has to say about following him. In Luke 9, 23, 25, Then he said unto them, If any man desires to come to me, to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and himself is destroyed or lost or loses his own soul? One of the gospel ends, Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 to 20, with this command from Jesus. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things. Observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. So we are to observe all things that Jesus taught us. Amen. We are to live our lives in obedience to him. And this does not sound like the Jesus that many preach today. But this is the real Jesus that we find in the gospel. And by reading the gospel, reading the words of Jesus, we get to understand what he really said and what he really expects of us as his children. Mm. While he was here on earth, he said to his disciples, I have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. You can't take them now. He said, Ever, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth for he will not speak of his own authority but whatever he hears he will speak and he will tell you things to come he will glorify me for he will take of what is mine and declare unto you so due to their inability to receive all the truth jesus says when the Holy Spirit is come, he will guide you into all truth. And this is connecting the Old Testament with the gospel and also with the epistles. Because in the book of Acts, we see the fulfillment of Jesus' promise to send the Holy Spirit who would guide them into all truth. It was just 10 days after his ascension into heaven. We read concerning the apostles in Acts chapter 2 and verse 4. It says, And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. As we read through the book of Acts, we see the Holy Spirit guiding the apostles and the early church during its uh, formative years, guiding them 
slowly but surely he guides them into all truth. The Holy Spirit reveals things taught during Jesus' ministry, but not even recorded in the gospel. For example, Paul said to the Ephesian elders, listen to this, he said to them, I have shown you in every way by laboring like this that you must support the weak. Listen to this clause. And remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Now, I want you to find that in the gospel for me where Jesus said that. It's not recorded there. But this is the Holy Spirit. Am I talking to us? Bringing out what Jesus says, what the apostles didn't get, what they couldn't contain, what they couldn't hold. It is more blessed to give than to receive. It's Jesus who said so. And Paul is stressing that to the Ephesian elders in Acts chapter 20 and verse 35. So because it was the Holy Spirit who was guiding them every day into all truth, we find the words written, Paul the Apostle said to the church at Corinth, if anyone thinks himself to be a prophet or to be spiritual, let him acknowledge that the things which I write unto you are the commandments of the Lord if they think they are spiritual or they think they are prophet let them understand that the things that I write unto you they are the commandments of our Lord and to the church at Thessalonica Paul says for this reason we thank God without ceasing because when you receive the word of God, which you heard from us, you welcome it as the word of God, not as the word of man, but you welcome it as the word of God. Jesus himself has said to those who receive his apostles that in fact they would be receiving him. He said, more surely I said to you, he who receives whomever I send, receive me. And he who receives me, receives him who sent me. An important point to be made is that the Holy Spirit did not, or did in fact guide the apostles into all truth. John says in chapter 16 and verse 13, hmm. That the Holy Spirit guides them, guides the, the servants of the Lord into the truth of the gospel. All the truth, John says. In other words, with the gospel, the book of Acts, and the epistles, including Revelation, we find the teaching of Jesus 
more complete, more fully, and finally revealed. So then, having the scriptures that we have today, I say to you that we have all that we will ever need. We have all that we will ever need. We don't need any modern day prophet to come to tell us that Jesus is coming such and such a date and Jesus says coming such and such a time. Anybody who comes and say that we understand from scripture that they are lying. For Jesus said not even the angels in heaven know. And the son in his humanity didn't know. Except the father. So when somebody comes and says, well God give them a revelation that Jesus is coming. To we know that that is not true. Based on the scripture. Why? Because we have the final revelation from God to man. The Bible. Can somebody say amen? We have the Bible. Peter says to the brethren, grace and peace be multiplied to you. The knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord as his divine power has given to us all things pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to grace and virtue. I'm winding down here. The Apostle Paul spoke of the completeness of Scripture. Say, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped to every good work. Remember this. An example of how final this revelation of Jesus and his teachings are. Paul says to the Galatian Christians, but even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. And that is not enough there. As we have said before, now the same the same, the same text, the same context, as we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you than what you have received, let him be accursed. That speaks their brother, sister, to the finality of what we have. Nothing to be added. It is complete. God has given, given the scripture to us in its complete form. And Paul said, no matter who he is, doesn't matter where he comes from, you know me, that I preach the gospel. And if I were to change and come and preach another gospel, let me be accursed. 
And if anybody from anywhere, even an angel, come down and preach another gospel, let him be a curse. That speaks, brother, sister, to the fact that the gospel that we have is final. So with the writings of the New Testament, we're able to see Jesus through the eyes of completeness. And all we would need to know to follow Jesus as the way is there. For us to learn it, for us to live it. No other revelation, no other revelation is needed. Our task is to simply remain true to what has been revealed once and for all. We see this Jesus was prophesied of in the Old Testament. We see this Jesus as he manifested himself in the gospel. The word was made flesh, John says, and dwell among us. And we see this Jesus as the Holy Spirit taught the apostles the things that they could not have received while Jesus was with them. For you see, I have many things to say to you, but you cannot take it now. You can handle it. But when the spirit of truth is come, he will guide you into all truth. And he came and he guided them into all truth. And they have recorded it. Amen. And we have it written. It is written, my brother, sister. It is written for us, for our learning. Amen. For us to grasp the truth to uh, lay hold on, to embrace this Jesus, the true Jesus that we find, amen, in the Old Testament, in the Gospel and in the New Testament. And when anybody comes with another Jesus, no matter how appealing it might be, amen, the one that gives the multiple choice to everybody, amen, we understand that that is not the real Jesus. For the real Jesus says, straight is the gate, narrow is the way that leads to life, and only few find it. But because broad is the way that leads to destruction, many are going there. Because to go on that broad road, you don't have to do anything. You just follow the masses. But when it comes to the straight and narrow road, Bible says that those who will live godly in this life, in Christ Jesus, must suffer persecution. So it is a life of struggle. It is a life of hardship. It is a life of challenge. But brother, sister, it's a life of joy. It's a life of peace. It's a life with great promise that when all this is over, amen, we will rest forevermore. Can somebody say amen? For eyes will be on Jesus, the songwriter said, and our hearts will be at home. And so we will not have to worry anymore. Don't allow yourself to be sidetracked by the presentation of something that looks better, mm, something that sounds good, but remain faithful. And you stay with Jesus. It's going to word it all when we see him.
glory, Lord, when we see him face to face. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I am the way, he says, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. I ask the question today, have you come to Jesus? Some writer asked the question, have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Have you, have you surrendered to Him? Have you? Have you cast the weight of your soul upon Him? Have you repented of your sin? Have you turned to God? If you have not done so, may I say to you today, now is the time. Mm, today is the day of salvation, the Bible says. Now is the accepted time. And if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. The Bible says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. And today you can be saved if you would only give Jesus a chance in your life. Father, we thank you. Father God, we praise you, we honor and we glory. Thank you for the truth of your word. May your word find lodging place in all of our hearts today, O oh God, as we await the return of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, that we would stand fast, we would stand firm, keep looking unto him, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. Bless us, we pray, and we thank you today, God, and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, we just want to thank you for listening to today's sermon here at the Baboni Baptist Church, where sharing Christ is every Christian's business. So as we depart, go and serve the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords.